Turn on over to Acts 13. Let's finish up Acts 13 quickly this morning. Uh, there were some things in there that I didn't get to last Sunday, and I didn't want to leave them out because there's some great, great points about the new church and uh, going forward and the reaching of the Gentiles and things. But uh, uh, are you in or are you, are you out? You hear that a lot today. Are you in? Are you in? Uh, and I say, and that's kind of what Paul was asking these, uh, these new believers um, and, and also asking the people there that were Judaizers, that were uh, old school uh, Jews, that this just isn't what, what I remember. It's all different. Uh, this stuff about Jesus is really different than what I remember. And uh, I still don't believe that was God's son. And they're still doubting all these things. I still don't believe that was who we crucified. That wasn't the Messiah. No way he could be the Messiah from little old town of Nazareth and born over there in a in a barn somewhere and it just cannot be and so they're struggling with this and paul finally gets to the point he says you either in or you out and here at the end of our verses today we'll see that they shook the dust off their feet and went on down the road and man that's kind of scary when god shakes his feet in front of you and say that's it uh his grace guys his grace is immense his grace is uh, as we said last week it's unfolding it's just as much grace as you need plus more plus more but there comes a time where we move on, and uh, that's kind of scary. We have heard the, the word and the gospel a lot in our life. Uh, we have heard God saves. We've heard that Jesus come to die for our sins. We've heard that he resurrected on the third day, and he offers salvation as a free gift to anyone that will accept it. And we hear that, and we hear that, and we hear that, and we hear that, and we walk away, and we walk away, and we walk away. And guys, you, you're just living on borrowed time. Uh, man, you look around at the, the news today, you look around at what's going on in our world. I read this week, Franklin Graham said, we may be not in the last days, we may be in the last hours. And you think about that, we may be in the last hours before Christ comes back to, to gather up his church and head on home. And, and hey, I'm excited about that, but also there's always the other side of me that says there's a lot of people I know that are not ready to, to be with God yet. And and so I, I have mixed emotions, uh, and I think if we have the heart of God, we're going to have those mixed emotions. And we know why God keeps tearing. Everybody says, why doesn't God come back and just clean this mess up? And I'm kind of with you some days. But you know what it is? It's his grace. He just keeps waiting and waiting so that more can come to know him as Savior. And that's, that's, that's something to think about, that he loves us that much. So are you in or are you out? Are you going to follow God's plan? Are you going to gonna get on board? Or are you going to just kind of go at it halfway? Um, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's look at a, a few verses here. Flip us on forward, Steve, one if you would. Uh, let's look at the map first and just kind of review real quick. Remember, far right over here at Antioch is where Paul's first missionary journey started. And he went down, him and Barnabas went down to the, uh, down at the bottom at Cyprus. They first went through Salamis and then they went over to Pamphos. And then they went on up to Perga, follow the red line. They went up to Perga there in Pamphylia. And then they're in Antioch now. And they're about to leave Antioch and head on over in chapter 14 tonight. Uh, if we get, get there tonight in, in our study, they'll be in uh, Iconium. And so that's, that's where they're headed. Here was part of Paul's message last week in the synagogue. One more screen there, Steve. Forgiveness was available to all, just real quick. We went over this last week, but he had been asked to, if he had a word of encouragement, a word of exultation, uh, would you please get up and share that? And, of course, Paul was ready to share. And he, he, there was people coming and listening to this. They would usually go to the synagogues there in these big cities, and he would go to the people that he knew the most. He knew the Jewish people. He was the Jew of the Jews. He, he was raised up in that. He knew their history. He knew their laws. He knew all about that. So he would go to them first. And 
He, he, he uses that verse later in his message today. He said, uh, God has compelled me to go to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And so he would go to them. And at this synagogue, there was also some Gentiles there that had, that had been converted, that had been uh, uh, given their life over. So we, we, we see a whole lot of different people there. And he said, so it is all stated elsewhere. You will not let your Holy One see decay. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Amen. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. And this is what his big point was. This is what the big Tada moment last week in his sermon. And he said, look, you, you know the old scriptures. You know what they say. You know the prophecy that said that the one that is called, his body will not see decay. Now, a lot of those folks believe that was King David. But, but Paul brings that right out. He said, you know what happened to David. He died and he was laid to rest just like every one of us. Just like his ancestors, he was put in a, in a grave and his old bones are there to this day. But he said the one that was the Messiah did not see decay. His name was Jesus Christ. And on the third day, he came out of that grave. God raised him and brought him back to life and signified that the price he paid was paid in full. And he is offering salvation to all. And so today, how do you get forgiveness of your sins? How do you go to heaven someday, guys? How do you make it there when your eyes close in death? You go through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's going through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul's telling them. He said, through every, him, everyone in 39 who believes is set free from sin, a justification you're not able to under, uh, obtain under the law, under Moses. You cannot be good enough, is what he's saying. You say, well, if I keep the Ten Commandments, could I go to heaven? Uh, try that and see how well you do. I don't know about you, but me, I fail every day. And remember this. The Bible says even if you think it, you've done it. Even if you've thought it, you've done it. And so... The law can't get us there. Guys, we cannot be good enough. Even my best 30 seconds, I'm not going to get there. I must go through Jesus Christ. Here was the great statement last week. Next screen, please. The very good, good news. God not only forgives our sins, but he also gives us the very righteousness of Christ and puts it on our count. I love that. That got me excited last week as we think about that because that takes it out of my hands and it puts me all behind Jesus and all behind the cross and every time this, the God looks at me he sees Jesus Christ isn't that something he sees Jesus Christ that gives us a peace all right brother Fred said Terry had brought a great point up in Sunday school class this morning he said that peace is from that eternal security that we have in Christ guys if I didn't know if I was saved or not saved or not saved or not I wouldn't have any peace in my heart but how in the world can we stand up and say, I'm going to heaven someday? It's because of the assurance of Jesus Christ. It's because he has put his stamp on our heart. He has paid our price in full. He's not only covered our sins, he's took away our sins for everyone that will ask for forgiveness. And he said, I can do that. And every time the Father looks at you from then on, he, not see, he doesn't see you, he doesn't see your faults, he sees the Holy One, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ where it covered and washed away your sins. They're completely gone, and you've been forgiven. And man, the church stood up and took notice. It took notice. Move on, Steve. Now, he said, 
Okay, then that's kind of last week, and now let's go today, all right? Here's what we've got, verse 40. And Paul said, let me, let me give you a warning, though. And guys, we, we need this warning even today, all right? Verse 40, let's look at it together. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish. He's, he's using the words from Habakkuk, okay? Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you. Now, this could have a twofold meaning. We're still in the very early stages of the church, but about 70 A.D., well, 70 A.D., it wasn't about, it was 70 A.D., the Romans came in and totally destroyed the temple. You remember the day that Jesus said, you know, they were going on, oh, look at, look at our temple, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it? And, and you know what happened. They started worshiping the temple more than they worshiped God. They were just so proud of their building. Look at our great building. Isn't, isn't it wonderful? Look what we've done. Guys, I'm telling you, no church does anything without Jesus Christ. And if they're doing it in their own power, they're not going to get there. They're going to fail. And so they're looking at their beautiful thing, and Jesus said, you know what? There's coming a day when not one stone there will stand on the other. It's not going to sit on one or the other. It's going to be totally laid low. 70 A.D., he said, and probably if he had told them there from, if Paul would have said, this is what's going to happen, the, the temple's going to be totally destroyed, they probably wouldn't have believed it. They'd have shook their head. And they're not even in Jerusalem. But these are Jews, and they, oh, that's the big thing, to go to the temple. But here we look 2,000 years later, guys, and people are still screaming out, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. And people are shaking their head. And saying, I don't believe it. It's not for me. And there's, there's such mighty things coming, guys. You know, we, we've studied Revelation together. We know what's coming. We believe that the church is going to be raptured out. We believe there's going to be seven years of tribulation. We believe that at the end of that time, God is, Jesus is going to return to this earth and set up his, his kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. At the end of that thousand years, he's going to totally destroy everything and rebuild it. And it would be brand new, a new heaven and a new earth where there's no more crying or weeping or death. There's going to be totally perf total perfection in Jesus Christ. To us, that's, that's the moment we're waiting on. But to the unbeliever, it sounds like foolishness. And that's what Paul's saying here. He said, look. You guys are leaning on your own understanding. You're leaning on the law. You're leaning on all those 600 laws that you've got and you're trying to keep. And he said, if I told you the truth, you wouldn't even believe it. That's all useless without the blood of Jesus Christ. It's all useless. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. Most of them come up to him and said, man, it's so good. Could you come back next week and preach for us again? Could you come back and tell me some more? And they said, sure. And guys, just like when you hear something good, when you hear a good, a good message or you hear somebody that you love to hear speak and, and preach on God's word, you start telling everybody, come. Come on. Man, come, you got to come and hear this guy. you got to come and hear what they're saying. It, it'll change your life. And so let's see what happens. When the congregation was dismissed. Many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. 
On the next Sabbath, most of the whole city gathered to hear the word of God. Think about this. The, as, as we would say today, the place was packed. It was packed. Almost the whole city came to hear the word of God. Gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and, and heaped abuse on him. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Here is a way of eternal life for all that will come accept it. But, but you know what I think they didn't like? I don't think they liked that it was available to everybody. You see, what they wanted, they wanted an exclusive club. And, and, and I hate to say this, but there are churches today that want an exclusive club. This is my church. I bought those pews. I paid for that piano. I put up those curtains. I built this place. And I want to say who can come in here and who can't. But Todd, that really happens today? You better believe it. They want an exclusive club. They want a country club. They want it to be their way. They don't want too many kids there. They don't want too many youth there. They don't want anybody there with crazy hair or tattoos or earrings. They want it to be like them. Amen or oh me? Exclusive. But you know what God said? You know what Jesus said? This is an inclusive thing. I-N. It's inclusive. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? We all better raise our hand on that, amen? Because we needed to be included, not excluded. We need to be included. And he said, this is an inclusive thing, not exclusive. But they, they liked having control. They liked telling you that you had to keep this 600 laws. They like saying, well, I kept 40 more than you did this week, so I'm, I'm just a little better than you are. And guys, it's never been that way with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was always about someone else. Someone else. Here he was, the Son of God. Here he was, fully God and fully man. But he said, you know what? I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. I want you to know my Father. I want you to know my Father. I want you to know my Father. That's how much he loved. And these guys couldn't get it. This was driving them crazy. They were losing control. Guys, I don't want to be in control of God's church. Do you? I want to watch out for it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want people preaching the wrong things or teaching the wrong things. Don't get me wrong. But listen, I want God to be in control. I want God to pick out the songs we sing. Me and Danny talk about it all the time. I want God to pick out what we preach about. I want God to be in your Sunday school classes through his spirit. That's, that's what we want. I want God to be through Miss June as she plays our piano. I, that's what I want. That, that's what we want. And they just couldn't understand that. They were jealous. Can you imagine being jealous of God? Maybe they were jealous of Paul. Maybe they were jealous of Barnabas. We tried for years to get this church packed, and they come in here one week, and the next week it's just packed out. What in the world did we do wrong? You see how people get jealous? That's going on today. That's going on today. 
Verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had, H-A-D, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. Isaiah 49 says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And Paul said, let me be straight with you guys that are so jealous. We were bound by Scripture to come to you first. We came and presented God's Word to you Jews first. That's what God asked us to do. To the Jew first and then the Gentile. We had to. But, since you rejected it, see, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have God and not believe in Him and not follow Him as a Savior. You see what, and guys, this is kind of sad today. What people want from God, they, and I've told you this before, they want a 911 God. Now, they don't want to follow him. They don't want him to change their life. But they want him close enough when there's an emergency that they can get on their knees and pray, and he'll answer all their prayers. They want a 911 God. And he's not a 911 God. He said, I, I'm either Lord of all or I'm not Lord at all. Whew, think about that. Let me say it one more time. I'm either Lord of all or not Lord at all. And that's what he's talking about here. Since you rejected it, since you don't want to do those things, since you want to live your life and forget everything else and forget following God and doing what God says, since you don't want to do that and you do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. We're going to tell somebody else. You see, guys, as we talked about a while ago, we may not be in the last days. We may be in the last hours. The clock is ticking. And people are dying without Jesus. And you know what the trouble the church is having today? We have to keep catching the same fish over and over. You know what I'm talking about? Someone comes, gives their heart to Jesus. They get saved. They're coming here for a couple weeks and then they're gone. Can't find them. Got to go find them again. Got to get them back in the boat. They come for a few more weeks. Can't find them. Got to go get them back in the boat. While we're doing that, people are dying without Jesus. We're catching the same fish over and over and over. And listen, that doesn't mean we don't care. That doesn't mean we don't love you. But when God changes your life, when he totally, truly changes your life, your life ought to be changed. When you give your heart to Jesus, you should want to seek after him. You should want to know more about him. You should want to come to his house. You should want to read his word. You should want to pray. You should want to see others come to know Jesus Christ. You should ask Jesus, how can I lead others to Christ? Show me how I can do that. That's what you are to want to do. But what we want to do is we want somebody to take care and, and, and smooth our feathers all the time. And while the preacher and while the, the deacons and while the church council and while the kids leaders is all making us feel better about ourselves, people are dying without Jesus and going to hell. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but that's the trouble with the church today. We got to keep catching the same fish over and over. If you're truly caught, you're caught. If you truly believe in Jesus, come on, get in or get out, but we got to go. Amen or wow. 
Guys, we're playing. We're playing. That's what Paul said. That's what Paul's saying here. Do you not see it? I, we came to you. We presented the gospel. You didn't want no part of it. And so we got to go. Brother Todd, does that mean you don't love people? Yes. But guys, if you love him, come on. We need you. We sit up here week after week and beg and beg, come to Sunday school, beg and go out and contact people. Please come to church. Please come to church. Our numbers are going down. 75% of the churches in America now are going down. I believe those people aren't lost. I believe they know Jesus. But everything's more important than God. What did I read this week? Probably some of you have seen it on the church Facebook. 3,500 people a week leave the church. 3,500 people a week say, I don't want it. Well, they didn't meet my needs, or I didn't feel any spirit moving, or whatever it was. And guys, I believe that's why there's umpteen million churches. I believe if you'll look a little bit, you'll find a church that is, is what you want. It may not be here. We pray that it would be. We try to do as many different things as we can to include everybody. But it may be somewhere else. But there's a church out there that you can feel part of. I guarantee you if you'll look and, and work at it. But what gets me is we're trying to decide whether we're going to go to church or not or, or whether I can really get up early or how in the world can I get up an hour early and get all the kids ready. And there's a guy over here in, in Iraq. And today, this week, they said, do you believe in God? And they said, yeah, I'm not going to quit believing in my God. And they cut his head off. Maybe, maybe that's what we need in America to see if we're really real or not. Oh, Brother Todd, don't say that. I, I, I'm, I don't want to say that. But I'm telling you this, in the Bible, when people denied Christ and denied Christ and denied Christ and walked away and walked away and walked away, there was a price to pay. And America is walking out the door. America is saying, I don't want it anymore. And guys, we're, we're in for a bruising if we don't watch it. Judgment is coming. It's going to come quick. Oh, Brother Todd, we got plenty of time. Brother Todd, we got plenty of time. You don't understand. I got all kinds of things I'm doing with my family. Brother Todd, you don't understand. I, we, we got places to go. We got memories to make. Are those memories teaching your children that God is number one above everything else? Are those memories showing your kids that the, the most important thing in, in your life is God? Well, Brother Todd, we just can't shut down and not do anything out there. There's so much great things out there. I'm not saying that. But guys, I'm telling you, the balance is off. The balance for God is off. We do about 80, 90% of what we want to do, and God gets 10%. If he gets that much. And, and I'm talking to myself, too. I, I mess around with God, mess around with God, and get all excited about God, and then I go home and sit down. It's me, too. But what the church in America has got to decide, and I say church, I'm not talking about Kaiser, I'm talking about the church that believes in Jesus Christ as Savior. What the church in America has got to decide is, are they in or are they out? God said, you can't straddle the fence. 
But Todd, you don't know what's going on in my life. God does. Is there anybody any more capable to handle it than God? I say no. Well, somebody down there hurt my feelings. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. There's a lady this week over in Iraq that lost her head because she believed in God. And I'm not going to come because she said my dress was blue and it was really purple. You, you see where we're at, guys? You see? You see why we're, we're empty? You see why our buildings are, are, are closing down? You see why our churches are getting smaller and smaller? Because it's just a, it's just a family affair. We're really not sold out to this thing. The word of God of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited. They're still mad. You're not going to get the best of me, God. That's what they're saying. They might have been mad at Paul and Barnabas, but they were mad at God. This is not the way we planned this. This is not the kind of Messiah we wanted. This is not what we thought was coming. Some radical boy from Nazareth to come and be our Messiah. We're mad at you, God. Look what they did. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. <laughs> Let's go get the rich ladies to start some gossip. Hmm. And the leading men of the city. You know, the guys that are in position. Hey, you either quit going and hearing this guy or we're going to quit sending business down your way. Hey, you leave these guys alone. You quit following them. You quit following this way thing. This the way. Or we're going to make it tough on you. They were shook up. Persecution was coming again. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. We don't want you even out of our town. We want you out of our region. Get out of here. Take that stuff and go. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. Got to go. Are you in or are you out? I got to go. And guys, now, now, now is a time of salvation. Now, God is being patient. Jesus is waiting. This is the age of grace. Now, now, now. Because one of these days, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. And guys, it, 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 it just scares me to death what my girls are going to see. And it scares me to death what my grandkids are going to see. If it lasts that long. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to put every possible tool of the Lord in their toolbox so that when they go out, they're ready. No matter what comes their way, they're going to be strong. No matter what comes down the pipe, they're going to keep believing in Christ. Because I'm telling you, people are walking away from Jesus every day and saying, it's too hard, I don't want any part of it, I can't stand this, it's too much, I'm gone. I'm out. I don't want my girls to quit. I keep going back to that verse, and those that overcome will inherit eternal life. That doesn't mean that I'm going to earn my way, but you've got to stay in there. 
You've got to keep believing in Jesus Christ. You can't grow cold. You've got to keep believing. Now, if I would have been persecuted, told me to leave town, now here's the way I'd have left town. Man, they hurt my feelings. I'm, Lord, what are you doing? I'm trying to preach your word, and they're telling me to leave town. Let's see what they did. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Woohoo! They went out of town going, I'm going to keep on praising him. I'm going to keep on sharing God's word. I'm going to keep on telling people that God loves them. And they had a smile on their face. They're first facing persecution. They may be facing death. We're going to read real soon that they stoned Paul. They threw rocks at him. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, guys, if your preacher could get filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis and do what he's supposed to do, I would be such a different man. Don't stop. They didn't leave feeling defeated. They didn't leave with their hand, all, their head all down. They were praising God. They were thankful for who he was. And guys, here, here's the thing. You know, we, we want to feel good about ourselves. We live in a time where, oh, make me feel good and pump up my, my good feelings about myself. But this was not about them. This was about Jesus. And they said, we're just going to keep on preaching the word. We're going to keep on telling people about the love of Jesus. And we're in. We're in. We are in. What about you this morning? Are you in or are you out? Only you and God know. Let's pray. As we think about things real quickly, the first thing I want to ask you about in or out, do you know Jesus Christ as Savior? Not about him, not because you've been coming to church. Have you stopped and given your life to Jesus? Because, see, that truly makes you in. You can't be in until you do that. It's an inclusive club. It includes everyone, but you have to come to him and, and ask him to save you. If you've done that, have you been baptized? See, if you're truly in, you're going to want to be baptized. Because he's asked you to do that. He says, I'll save you. I'll take care of you. I'll give you eternal life. I just ask you to do one thing. Stand up for me. Be baptized. If you've been baptized, have you told someone about Christ lately? See, so he said, if you're truly in, you're going to love me and you're going to want to love others. Are you in? Maybe you need a place to serve and, and you need a family like this. Maybe, maybe you want to come and, and be a part of our church. We'd love to have you. Maybe life has just been too crazy and all you can think about is stuff rather than thinking about God. What's he saying to you this morning? Listen to him. Listen to him. Dear Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, continue to speak. 
continue to convict our hearts. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, help me to help me to be solid. Help me to be what you need me to be. Help me not to be wishy-washy. I pray for my brothers and sisters here. I pray for the, every person sitting in a chair this morning. Lord, just speak to them. In your name we pray. Amen.